Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tanky, a loan originator at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1599804. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back to another week of On a Mission podcast. We are back live in our various homes. Uh, <laughs> not live in person, but close enough. Yeah. Close enough. And today, so we are, we planned out Q4, kind of what we're going after. And, you know, <clears throat> with the shifting seasons and kind of, you know, the Q4 starting up, the first topic we wanted to cover is and talk about this week are property taxes. I feel like I need a little sound effect there. Yay! You know, everybody's okay. favorite topic, right? Like, but the reason why we want to talk about it is because it does play into the home purchase process sometimes mm-hmm. quite a bit. And I think it's probably one of these things and Kelly, you're really going to probably talk about it more and I'll just interject like with my random tidbits or experiences that I've had, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's probably one of the like lesser talked about things when it comes to purchasing a home and just Mm -hmm. understanding like how it plays into the larger uh, payment and yeah, you know what that means from an affordability standpoint. So we just kind of wanted to hop in and talk about it, especially because in Minnesota we pay property taxes two times a year, um, once May a year and October. And, October. Yep. and yep. so you know, for those of you who already own homes, you probably saw that escrow disbursement come out in mid October. Um, so or you received your bill to pay it if you don't escrow. So we'll talk all about that too. And I think maybe what the important, the, the first, first like touch point that we want to discuss with our listeners is, um, as it pertains to different areas that they might be shopping in. And we have talked about this before on various podcast episodes about location of homes. Um, so let's take, for instance, um, the location of Edina mm-hmm. versus Richfield, you know, they're very close to each other, but the property taxes from one city to the other are going to vary pretty dramatically. Um, sometimes, sometimes not <clears throat> depending on the house, depending on the lot, depending on the location of where it is in Edina versus Richfield and vice versa. Well, and I do want to back up a little bit because, and maybe you are going to get into this, but when property taxes are assigned to a property, 
I think one thing that gets confusing to people is like how are property taxes determined, right? Mm-hmm. And so obviously like I'm not a I'm not a tax person, you're not a tax person. Yeah. But from the basis of like how property taxes are determined, a tax assessor comes in, looks at the property, figures out, okay, here's how much the lot is worth according to the county. Here's yep. how much they think the property is should be assessed at. Mm-hmm. And you get the tax assessed value. Yep. That typically <clears throat> is not market value. Right. It right. can it can be anywhere between 50 to 90% of the property's home value depending on when the tax assessor was the la- was there last, how many improvements have been done to the house, yep. um, you know, how good the tax assessor is. Sure. And, and so there's a varying amount of factors. <clears throat> and I've even seen, you know, on some properties, especially when it comes to like lakefront or deeded access properties, the tax rate goes up substantially because you're paying taxes on that lake access and that deeded access. Yeah. And so that comes with benefits. And so I think something to kind of take into account is like all these varying factors that can mm-hmm. play a role into property taxes themselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you touched on that. I was going to <clears throat> okay Sorry, briefly I... touch on, no, 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 no. And you covered it actually. I was going to briefly touch on it um, when I talked about pulling up county taxes off of the county website um, and the the assessed value that I see sometimes is just it's it's incredible the variance there but neither here nor there so what I really want to focus on is um, one when I'm putting together a pre-approval for somebody um, it's what I generally do is I use 1.3% of what the purchase price is that they're looking to get pre-approved for and divide that by 12 because that's going to give us what the monthly payment looks like so that I can factor that into the housing payment and figure out debt to income ratio. Where can we actually get you pre-approved for? So I initially wanted to talk about that as it pertains to the pre-approvals, but yes, you have you have your county um, property taxes per each property. So initially with the pre-approval, 1.3% is what I'm using. After you get pre-approved and you start going out and looking at homes with Dina, I then, so say there's a property that you guys are very interested in after going and looking and you're thinking and considering putting in an offer. And then pulling from the county site what the property, excuse me, what the what the property taxes actually look like for that home and putting that in to my operating system to see, does it make sense? Is, is that number going to help you with your pre-approval? I shouldn't say pre-approval, but approval for that said property. So we're taking all of that into consideration and um, making sure that it fits within your budget because sometimes it fits within your budget, but maybe the debt to income ratio is 
Can you guys hear that? That's Zach sneezing in the back. I can't even take it seriously. Your facial expressions, actually. He has horrible <laughs> allergies. He does yeah. not have coronavirus, people. He just yeah. has allergies, I promise. Nor do I either. I, I, I feel like I just shut my windows and I slept with the windows open last night. I'm like, it's getting too warm out there. I can't do it. But they were just mowing too. So I'm pretty sure I've got some sort of seasonal allergy. I just haven't actually gone and gotten tested for it. So (laughs) you'll hear me clearing my throat pretty consistently. So yeah, I hope that like, that was one of the things that I wanted to touch on in terms of um, property taxes. And then the other thing too is, so not everyone is going to be looking for an existing home to put an offer in. Sometimes there's new construction. And so in that circumstance, I, how I am figuring out what the valuation is pre-approval wise, I'm using 1.25% because that's what we're required to, to use for the property taxes on a new construction home. Usually if I'm looking at this new construction home on the MLS, then it's showing you what a non-assessed value is. So it looks like it's a lot less, but I have to use that 1.25% actually for um, calculations for our debt to income ratio. So that's a very high level overview. Um, I don't want to go into like the new construction stuff can get a little um, dicey. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll, we can leave that for a different time. Matter of fact, we should actually have that as an episode is new construction and new construction as it pertains to the property taxes as well. That's a, I like that idea. Perfect. Yeah. I feel like there was something else that you were going to say though. No, I was just going to say like, even though you use that as a calculation for their approval, it -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that like, they're going to have to pay that 1.25%. No. So like, I just want to make that clarification. Right. You're going to pay whatever that like land assessed value is basically until they come through and assess it. So, but I think that's a good conversation to dig into deeper on new construction and property taxes. Yeah. Just um, because we know that those property taxes are going to become fully assessed at some point after everything is said and done with the, whether the, whether the home is actually being constructed or, or it's, you know, it is built, but it's like a brand new build. Yeah. It's going to become fully assessed probably within the next year. So initially when, when the client is making the payments, it is going to be based off of the non-assessed value, but then there's going to come a point where there's actually going to be a, like, it'll be fully assessed. So they're going to have a shortage in, in where they are for their escrow. And so I always prepare, I have a whole template for it when I'm sending (laughs) out emails about it so that they know and are properly prepared, um, for when that shortage does come up because it'll happen. It will happen. There's, you know, we, we just, we approve and do the full underwrite with that 1.25%. Smart. So, so we know that they can afford those property taxes in the future. Perfect. Okay. So the, one of the last things that I want to touch on is um, when we are collecting property taxes after a home, like after you have an accepted offer on a home and are ready to close on the home. We have the estimated cash to close worksheet that we've talked about, and I'm going to really try my best to explain this to the easiest and fullest capability, but the easiest way to put it is 
what I'm going to be doing is sending an updated estimated cash to close worksheet to you based off of actual property taxes for that home and the specific close date that we that we have. So just for example sake, what I'm going to do is say that we're closing here in the month of October. <clears throat> when we're collecting, so we have, I'm going to back up for a second. Anytime a borrower, client, whatever you want to call, client or borrower, puts down less than 20%, they are required to escrow. What does that mean? It, it means that we are going to be, we, the mortgage servicer, are going to be collecting a specific amount of property taxes and homeowners insurance insurance to ensure that you do not have a shortage whatsoever for the increase, because there are going to be increases with both property taxes and homeowners insurance. Rarely, rarely, rarely do we ever see property taxes going backwards with yeah. how much they're assessed. So you will receive a, an email or not an email, uh, a letter in the mail notifying you of your increase in your property taxes, <clears throat> but you don't have to pay that, right? Because you're escrowing. So for the sake of um, easy examples, because I'm, I've got several closings here in the month of October, I'm going to use the month of October for the amount that we would be collecting for escrow and prepaids. Okay. Perfect. So what we do is we collect for October, November, and December for your prepaids. Okay. And then we also are going to be collecting three months for your escrow balance. So we have that collected in there. And basically you are, you're actually, I'm trying to think of, cause I, I just had this conversation with a current client about their homeowner's insurance and it's the same for the property taxes. So you are essentially, cause the County is collecting for May and October. Well, October has already been paid mm -hmm. or the second half of property taxes has already been paid by the sellers. So there is actually on that worksheet, a portion that you as a buyer are paying back to the seller. Yep. <clears throat> and then when you are, so now moving forward, people often think like, oh, I'm double paying now, right? I'm double paying right. everything for my homeowner's insurance and I'm double paying for my property taxes when in actuality you're not. So you've paid back the sellers for the portion that they have paid for the second half of the property taxes. But now moving forward, you will have your monthly mortgage payment and what the monthly breakout is for the property taxes. So the easiest way to put it is um, like a savings plan. Sure. So a savings plan for homeowners insurance and a savings plan for your county property taxes. And all of that money that you're paying up front is going into that escrow. So that when, when the property taxes become um, due for the month of May, all of that amount that's sitting in the escrow gets paid out to the county. And you... You may not know the answer to this question, and that's okay. It's probably a title question and because I can't remember the exact answer. But even though in the state of Minnesota we pay in May and October, the time frames that we're paying for those taxes, like May is it's, 
July through January, right? Or January through July, June. Okay. The end of June, January through June. And then in October, it's July through July. Yep. So that's where people I think get confused, especially like right now, because even though the property taxes have been paid, that seller has paid taxes through December. So that's why you're crediting them. Yep. So you, as the buyer, you're crediting them for July, August, September, and then you're paying into the escrow, October, November, December. Makes sense. Yeah. I know it's confusing. It's like, one it's, of the, it is. Yeah. And it's, it's because like, you don't always pay them at the time. Like it's not a straight, like one for one. So that's yeah. where I think people get confused. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up actually, because, you know, when we say that it's paid in May and paid in October, then people probably automatically go to, okay, well, that means January, February, March, April, May. Right. That's what I'm going. No, you're actually like, you're not paying actually anything January, February, March, April, but then you're back paying and forward paying in the month of May. Right. It's the same when the taxes come due for October, you're paying back into July and forward through the end of the year. Yep. Yeah. Lovely. They couldn't we really it any easier. Yeah. <laughs> and we really hope that we didn't thoroughly confuse you. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, well, just maybe, this might be a pretty popular episode for people to re-listen to because, you know, it can be really confusing. And so we try to break it down. You try to break down the purchase purchase agreement or buyer's agreement or whatever, like all of the documents that they are going to have to be looking thoroughly through and um, have a, an understanding of. And it's the same on our end, but it's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit overwhelming. And so to be able to have a better understanding of where your costs are going is absolutely crucial. And I never want anybody clients wise to feel like they're being duped. Or what did, what's the word you use? Bamboozled. <laughs> we don't want you to feel that way. And, and truth be told, um, there was so much stuff that happened way back when in, let's call it 2008, 2009, that there's, there was over collection, uh, over collecting of property taxes or homeowners insurance or this or that. And everything is so regulated now that it is damn near impossible to get around that without getting either um, a hey, like a um, a warning in our operating system that we are over our collection for fees or, you know, it's, you, there's so many checkpoints in the mortgage yeah. industry um, as your loan is going through underwriting and then it hits the closing and then there's quality assurance. And then there's like, audits that, you know, sometimes loans are randomly selected for audits. And so, you know, there's, it's damn near impossible for us to over collect on anything for a client. So there you have it, folks. Exactly. No. And I think if it, if it was, if you do still have questions about this, like feel free to reach out to us and let us answer the questions. Like, maybe when you're outside of the process or like you have kind of that step back approach of like, Hey, like, you know, I went, I bought a house, you know, three years ago and I have a question about this because 
I always have an escrow shortage. What does that mean? Or yeah, hey, like I'm I'm thinking about buying a new house. Like, help me understand exactly what I would, you know, need for closing costs and prepaids. Like, mm-hmm. I think as we were talking before we recorded this, like it is a very emotional process that I don't think people yeah. always realize how emotional it is, especially when you're falling in love with a house and you'll do anything to get that house, like you're going to probably agree to anything. Right. And you're just going to sign whatever, like to get it done. And what we want to do is kind of be that voice of reason and say like, wow, this is a beautiful home. We're so excited for you, but like, let's still make sure that you're achieving all of your goals in this purchase. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, no question is a dumb question, especially if you're a first time home buyer, especially, especially if you're a first time home buyer, it is, there's a lot that is encompassed when I go, when you're going through the process, Dina, Dina touched on it completely. It's an emotional process. And so I, we don't want you guys to feel overwhelmed, but you're going to feel overwhelmed. And so we would encourage you to um, really, I, I guess, lean in no matter what, um, when you're feeling that way and just continue to ask the questions. Exactly. Perfect. I think that touches on, unless you have any other questions that I can help out with Dina that our listeners, maybe I didn't touch on for our listeners. Um, no, I think that was super helpful. And I think it was a good, a good general overview of property yeah. taxes and kind of how they come into play. So mm-hmm. I think if we get specific questions, like we can maybe do a follow-up episode or kind of yeah. dig a little deeper if needed. So I think that was perfect. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, awesome. thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of on a mission. We're so happy to be back on. Um, we did take some, as Dina mentioned, we did take some time to, really uh, forward forward think on what our episodes were going to look like for you guys through the remainder of 2020 to make it super special for you guys. So until next time, see you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye. Bye.